This is Scott Vanderplue, and you're listening to the Artist Edition Index Podcast, Episode 16. Thank you for joining me once again for this podcast of all things AE. Coming to you from the Artist Edition Index at aeindex.org and discussing all the things that occurred online in the last month. Uh, if you'd like to follow us, uh, we have a weekly newsletter that sign can sign up on on the uh, aeindex.org website. We're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash artist edition index and Twitter at AE index. I thought about uh, other social media, but I'm just not, uh, not interested. Uh, that sums it up. Um, I do like the, uh, I do like the weekly newsletter. I don't want to inundate people with too much information. And uh, as uh, always, uh, all the articles can be discussed on the forum link on our site that takes you to the Tapa Talk forum. Uh, comments are closed on the website. <clears throat> it's a one-man show, and I want to keep it as uh, straightforward as possible. So I'd like to lead all discussion over to the forum. This month, we're going to talk about uh, what's occurred in... February and uh, the first thing we posted in February were the Scott Dunbeer Awards for 2017. Uh, this was briefly discussed at the uh, our podcast last month because it was the last day of the month and that was coming up. But the votes were tallied, winners uh, determined, and uh, the post went up. And that is our focus uh, for the show today. Uh, along with that, we'll discuss our usual monthly topics, shipping changes, solicitations, sales, letters. We've got an email this month, new releases, and reviews. All right, let's get to it. 2017 Scott Dunbeer Awards. Uh, one book swept every category. Uh, it's not hard to see why, but... And that was Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, The World's Greatest Artist Edition. It won Best Design, Best Reproduction and Scanning Quality, Favorite material, best overall, best publisher one, IDW, and the most purchased book that was listed was that same book, Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, the world's greatest artist edition. A complete win, just crazy. Let's go over some of that voting. What really surprised me about the voting overall was the just the variance in numbers. I don't, I don't, I really don't understand actually why we can't get more voters. Um, so the, um, best design had the most votes at 95, um, best reproduction screening quality had a votes of 77, which is the lowest voting <clears throat> favorite material had 85 votes. Best overall had 83 votes. Best publisher had 83 votes. And then we had 87 people, uh, check off their purchases. I don't understand the variance I don't understand the numbers and the re- let me just quantify that so I try and be pretty transparent with the artist edition index um, <clears throat> I get about 300 unique visitors a day to the site uh, in my mind that's a pretty good number this is a limited product 
how many people out there are buying these things? Well, we know somewhere between, you know, <clears throat> 200 and 1500 get sold. <clears throat> so there's a decent audience, but who are these people looking every day? So I get about 300 unique visitors a day to the site. Um, about 50 of them are going to the AE index straight away. I think they're looking at shipping changes. Those seem to be my die, the die-hard hardcore fans. And about 40 to 50 of those 300 are hitting the homepage, maybe looking for new articles, um, founding on a search, different things. And then the the other 200 um, hits for the each day are reviews. There's a, of my articles that I put up every month, um, the sales, the solicitations get very little hits. It's all about the reviews. Which, I mean, to be fair, that's why I started the site too. I wanted people to be able to see these books and to know what I was talking about. So anyways, 300 average hits per day. Uh, unique visitors. I should clarify. So... If 300 people are coming to the site every day, looking at different reviews, doing different things, I kind of thought I'd get more than 95 voters. And I made the categories. Um, I was, you know, I understand people don't want to vote for things that maybe they don't own. And I get that. But that's why I created some categories like favorite publisher. Uh, or sorry, best publisher. Then you can just pick your publisher. Um uh, favorite material you don't even have to own the book to say that material I like better because we've all are familiar with the material from um, the actual printed comics so it's an interesting uh, voting for sure and then uh, design uh, strikes me as really odd to get the most votes uh, but again uh, to each his own I'm thankful for the votes Thankful the people came to the site and uh, shared their opinions. I was impressed by the number of people. 87 people indicated what purchases they made last year. And I th as I said in the bottom of the voting category, 465 books were purchased by 87 people. With That's an average of 8.79 uh, artist edition format books per person. That's, uh, you know, at an average of, what, 125 for these books? That's a fair amount of money for an average. And uh, it's a small and dedicated community. You get, uh, sometimes, you know, you get myopic when you buy every one, like I do, and review them and sort of <clears throat> deal with the material all the time. You think, oh, this. But then when I look at the forum and you chat with people and you see the people maybe get one or two a year, maybe they get one, maybe they only own three or four of the books total. And that's, you know, it's a, it's a decision. These are big books. Where do you put them? How do you read them? Do you read them? Do you flip through them for art books? Um, how do you determine your spending? Do you just hone in on the ones that are your absolute favorites? Do you go by, you know, category, publisher? There are a lot of options and what people buy or why. But it's uh, hopefully reflecting the votes. Uh, this Now, these, are, this is, uh, these numbers are bigger than last year, slightly. And let's hope every year as they progress... Uh, the numbers increase, and we get more and more voters. Just some of the numbers are really interesting. <clears throat> that uh, best design, um, some books got no votes. Like the Alex Toth's Bravo for Adventure artist edition. That's the first artist edition put out uh, by Library of American Comics. No votes. Nobody liked the Spawn Vault edition design, or the Jim Davis's Garfield, the original art daily and Sunday archive. No votes. Um... 
Fantagraphic Studio Edition Jaime Hernandez came in fourth with eight votes. I really thought that would go higher. Um, I didn't vote. I think I talked about that last uh, month. I wanted to keep it without my sway, and I didn't put it in the article either, but I'll, I'll share my thoughts on the podcast. I think the best design last year was Fantagraphic Studio Edition Jaime Hernandez. Um, it's the one with the glossy pages. Yes, I know. Um, I don't think that, you know, for the way it was done with the black framing on the pages, and I love the Fantagraphics. Uh, they, you know, an in-depth interview with the creator to begin with, and then um, just the way the book was laid out, I thought it was really well designed. I love the uh, I love the cover. They used that sort of cloth cover like the Hellboy Library Editions, uh, the inset pasted uh, image. Uh, there's like a gold um, paint um, for the uh, for the logo. It was it was really really nice package overall, and I really enjoyed the design. Um, and then uh, the other surprise, I thought, uh, favorite material, uh, Fantagraphic Studio Edition, How Foster's Prince Valiant. So nobody listed that as a favorite material. Again, I'm surprising. I don't think that the people who came to my site and checked out my review and preview, which was nicely uh, linked to from the uh, product page on Fantagraphics, I don't think these people came back to vote. And even though Fantagraphics did put a post up about voting, as did IDW, which I appreciate both publishers um, sharing that on social media, <coughs> we didn't, uh, no love uh, for the Hal Foster's Prince Valiant, which I find surprising. Uh, it did get, uh, let's have a look and see where it, uh, hmm. two votes in the design. Again, not, not a lot going on. Uh, best overall, <coughs> no votes for Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four Artist Edition. No votes for Jack Kirby, the Forever People Artist Edition. No votes for Jim Davis's Garfield, the original Art Daily Sunday Archive. No votes at all. Like, this just surprises me. Um, see, but Fantagraphic Studio Edition, Al Foster's Prince Valiant, came in second with 10 votes. So nobody liked, nobody said favorite material, but uh, came in second overall for best overall. Then Best Publisher, uh, Fantagraphics came in second. Um, Dark Horse got four votes. Dark Horse didn't release any books in 2017. I think uh, when I do the voting next year, I'm going to have to make some mention um, of what are my criteria of when I'm asking people to vote. I guess that's my fault for putting Dark Horse on the list. I just uh, it was a I just listed every publisher. It's just a habit. Uh, there are, you know, <clears throat> gotta gotta look at that next year a little more closely. Let I me mean, look at the purchase info. Uh, even uh, you know the the book that swept every category was also the most purchased book. You know, um, fifty four people of the eighty seven who voted bought Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four: The World's Greatest Artist Edition. And uh, what was the lowest votes for for Jim Davis's Garfield, the original Daily and Sunday Archive? Um, and then it goes up from there. A lot of books in the teens and then 20s. Let's let's look at top five here. Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, The World's Greatest Artist Edition, number one. Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, Artist Edition, number two at 51 votes. But somehow didn't get any votes for best overall. Anyway, number three, Bernie Wright's Artifact Edition, 46 purchases. Jack Kirby, The Forever People, Artist Edition, 31 purchases. 
Walter Simonson's The Mighty Thor, The Return of Beta Ray Bill, Artist Edition, 30 purchases. So that's our top five. Um, take from the numbers what you will. I think uh, it's interesting. It's I think it's nice that uh, we recognize this industry. It's a small group. Um, so congratulations to Scott Dumbier and Serban, uh, Serban Christescu. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm sure I didn't. And to IDW for sweeping our categories. Well done indeed. Let's have a look at shipping changes. As always, I think to myself, ah, there's, there aren't any, but then it comes about. Joe Kubert's Tarzan and the Lion Man Artist Edition is now listed for March 28th, 2018. I don't think this is going to come out that day. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Walter Simonson's Battlestar Galactica Art Edition has moved yet again. April 4th now. It's in, Instead of giant leaps, it's now making very small moves. So with these minute adjustments, you're hoping that that's actually fine-tuning and it will show up. Frank Cho's Savage Wolverine Artist Edition, <clears throat> April 25th. I don't know either. Same date as Jim Starlin's Marvel Cosmic Artifact Edition. We'll have to see what's going on there. I don't know if, uh, if that will happen. Lone Wolf and Cub Gallery Edition moved to July 4th. That was uh, disappointing. I was really hoping to, <clears throat> to see that uh, earlier. Uh, Dark Horse's first uh, book in, uh, well, since 2016. And then uh, <clears throat> we got our new book, which uh, we can move into, I guess, since that's it for shipping changes. Let's discuss um, March 2018 previews and the solicitations. One book listed, John Byrne's X-Men Artifact Edition. Let me give you the blurb. John Byrne's run on the X-Men began with issue 108 and lasted until 143. The team of Claremont, Byrne, and Austin made the X-Men, which was already a hit series under Dave Cockrum, soar to the top of the charts in comic sales. They introduced Alpha Flight and then created the near-mythical storylines The Dark Phoenix Saga and Days of Future Past. These and the rest of their stories remain burned into the memories of collective fandom to this day and have been the basis for several X-Men films. True enough. This artifact edition will include more than 100 pages of X-Men covers, splashes, and pages from Burns' X-Men run. All have been meticulously scanned from the original art and reproduced to the exacting artist edition standards that have won IDW Publishing five highly coveted Eisner Awards to date. It's listed for July 2018. It's uh, July 25th. 12 by 17, standard modern comic art size. 144 pages, so it looks like uh, total page count still undecided because that's the default page count. 125 US, that's the new low default price for IDW and that size of 12 by 17. Um, <clears throat> I don't have any pre-order links up yet. Um, it takes a week or more um, for these solicitations before they hit my uh, affiliate link provider, Things From Another World. Hoping to have those up this week still. I just checked today and it wasn't there. That's it for the catalog. Um, always hoping for more, but uh, thankful we got uh, one listing. All right. Let's look at sales. Um, two books released in January 2018, and those were Gene Colan's Tomb of Dracula Artist Edition and Frank Thorne's Gita and Erotic Treasury Archival Edition, Volume 1. Um, only one got a listing on the charts of top 300, and that was Gene Colan's Tomb of Dracula Artist Edition at number 181. Sold 538 copies, or as estimated by Diamond for the initial month. As always. 
Don't take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a bucket of salt. And let us always encourage publishers to share their sales and print run data. Come on, publishers. Uh, I wasn't surprised Frank Thorne's Gita didn't show up. They're one of those publishers where I think most sales are occurring uh, on Amazon and not uh, through the direct uh, comic market. And then my rant of last month on uh, the disappointments of the book, which uh, were nicely picked up on Facebook on the, uh, I don't know, I think it was the Omnibus group. Anyways, that was uh, discussed quite a bit. All right, let's move on to out-of-print sales. I made some additions this month. I added a few books and sorted it alphabetically now. I was doing it by publisher. I thought, well, this doesn't make any sense. Let's sort it by title alphabetically. And let's only talk about what's sold. Again, uh, eBay is the place to pick up uh, these books for um, most times a deal, most times undercover. All right, two sales, Bernie Wrights and Artifact Edition of uh, for 143.50 average. I mean, as we've talked about before, the cover A is uh, sold out at Diamond and cover B is low stock, so I think expect that to be out of stock soon. So that's surprising that those were both above the 125 cover price. One copy of Dave Stevens' Rock to Artist Edition sold for 100 bucks. Man, that's a that's a deal. Two copies of David Mazzuchelli's Daredevil Born Again Artist Edition sold for an average of 171.25. Now that's down from last month's average. Uh, this seems still remains to be the book in the hottest demand. Fantagraphic Studio Edition, how fast is Prince Valiant? I added it to the list because it's sold out from Diamond, but it is still readily available from Amazon. So two copies, uh, sorry, one copy sold 150 bucks. So there's 25 off the cover price, not bad. Gene Colan's Tomb of Dracula Artist Edition. Six copies sold, 123.33 average. Now, this is a book that uh, Diamond had, uh, had some underordered or didn't get enough, and then they were waiting. They were going to another shipment going to come, as Scott Dembier said on the forum. Uh, but I haven't seen it. still shows low stock. So uh, eBay may be the place to get that book. Two copies of Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, the world's greatest artist edition, for an average of 133.25. Again, undercover. Three copies of John Byrne's Fantastic Four Artist Edition, which is, I mean, you know, released in 2013, finally sold out from Diamond. And uh, online on eBay, uh, $122.99 average. So, like, well above cover for that one. So, I guess it's all. Marvel Covers Artist Edition, first print. $170 somebody paid for. I don't get that. That's uh, There was a book that was, I think, $100 cover. Uh, second print readily available. Wow. Mike Mignola, Hellboy and Hell and Other Stories Artist Edition, first print. Two copies sold for an average of $91.50. Bargain right there. P. Craig Russell's Strange Dreams Artist Edition. Now, there's a book I wasn't even paying attention to, and uh, low stock, no stock on Diamond. Four copies sold an average of $199. Spalt Vaughn Edition. This continues to be a heavily traded book on eBay. Um, five copies sold an average of $94. This is an incredible deal versus the cover price. I mean... Let's, let's, you know, we're floating at half price. Star Wars Dark Times Gallery Edition. Two copies sold. Average of twenty eight twenty eight. This book will never recover from that clear out pricing. It just seems to float along there on the uh, eBay. Crazy. Stranko, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Artist Edition. One copy sold. 
Usagi Ujimbo, The Artist, Another Stories Galleryation, another book that I didn't realize had sold out from Diamond until I did my diligent check. Well, maybe more diligent than normal this month and discovered that this was also sold out. One copy sold, 81.24, while undercover. Walter Simonson's Thor Artist Edition, one copy sold, $90. So there you go. A lot of books uh, added this month. Um, I don't know if it was me or Diamond or somebody. We got our act together. Got the out-of-print stuff in line and uh, kept this list up going. Uh, again, if you want uh, you want to see where I'm getting these numbers from, uh, click on the link. I provide the average price on the in the article is the link to eBay. It will bring it up for you. You can either make a purchase from that link or you click on um, sold listings on the left side and you will see where I get my data from. Speaking of out-of-print sales, I should have covered it under the news section, but I didn't. Um, Cancelled. Starenko, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. Uh, Starenko, Volume 2. Sorry, not Starenko, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. Starenko, Volume 2, Cancelled. Uh, this was a book that was solicited. Uh, to, I'm, I'm going to the Artist Edition Index. To, uh, I'm, I'm leaving Cancelled books in the Artist Edition Index for now. Uh, G.I. Joe's still there. Stranko, Nick Fury and Captain America Artist Edition. Solicited for Mar- in March 2015. So, three years, people. Um, still no sign of a date yet. Canceled the Diamond. I guess they gave it... Uh, I mean, if IDW wants to resolicit it, Diamond will relist it. I think this is the one of the books I've waited more... I've waited with quite a bit of anticipation, and it has never come. It may happen. Let's hope. That's all I can say. All right. Moving on to some other news, which I so um, on the Felix Comic Art Podcast, which I listen to, comes out once a month. Great stuff. They frequently talk about artist editions and such. Uh, Felix interviewed Bob Chapman. Unfortunately, I have not got a response from Bob Chapman on emails, uh, but hey, that's okay. Felix got the question I wanted, and. Uh, let me read it to you. Um, he Chapman was asked, what's going on with Batman Year One and a gallery edition? He Chapman says he was asked by DC to wait for Absolute Batman Year One to run its course. Uh, that book is a year and a half old. Um, I did a review on Comic Daily for it. It was a terrible artist edition. Uh, sorry. <laughs> terrible Absolute edition. Uh, it really could have been one book for 75 bucks as opposed to two volumes uh, for 125 and, uh, yeah, so at least we know it's, you know, it's, it's, it should be coming at some point. Um, I, unfortunately, we didn't hear about what happened to the other previous solicits. Or not solicits, but notices. When the gallery edition started, uh, there was, uh, right, uh, Graffiti talked about Brian Boland's uh, Killing Joke and uh, Neil Adams' Green Lantern, Green Arrow. So we haven't seen either one of those yet. Uh, one of them, the Green Lantern Arrow, is in Absolute Edition, and the Killing Joke is going to be in uh, Absolute Edition in September. So there's some more books that are in Absolute, but not Gallery Edition as we'd expect from Graffiti Designs. So a bit of a disappointment there. Well, what are you going to do? Um, two reviews this month. One. Uh, 
a gallery edition and one a book that uh, is not of the AE format but is close to it and that's the on again off again reviews I do of books that feature original art but are not uh, original art size. Let's talk first about Batman Secrets, Sam Keith Gallery Edition. Let me give the blurb. Sam Keith's unforgettable depiction of the Dark Knight fills the pages on the new Batman Secrets, Sam Keith Gallery Edition. Focusing on Keith's artwork from the 124-page Batman Secret series, this large-format Smythe-Sone hardcover edition is sourced from and captures the look and feel of the original boards. Rounding out this 248-page presentation is the complete art from Batman Confidential 40, Batman Lobo 1, Keith's 8-page story from Batman 38, and an extensive gallery section containing covers and pages from Scratch, Arkham Asylum, Madness, and Batman Through the Looking Glass. Released on February 14th, 125 US, um, latest from Graffiti. Uh, you know, this... Uh, this material isn't for me. Um, I sort of like Keith's artwork uh, when he first came to notice. Um, it's As it progressed, I can't say I stayed a fan. Um, purchasing every, every AE format book, though, I did buy this book. And the review is there, but um, I can't say I enjoyed it. And that's strictly because of... Um, just where I am with Sam Keith's art. I may come to love it. Uh, taste change. Uh, I enjoy the design. Uh, I think uh, Josh Beeman from Brainshot Studios does an excellent job. I mean, there's a, there's a sort of a standard look to these gallery editions, and I think it's re he really nailed it early on, and it just keep, keeps going. Sort of like I like how the uh, Dark Horse and their gallery editions picked a format and stayed with it. Um, Josh Beeman continues to do a great job. Uh, the, the way the artwork is chosen, um, the coloring, uh, just the layout of the book, really great. Um, most pages, I think I said uh, in the review, there's, um, I'm scrolling to search as I go, uh, there's nine pages that aren't from the original art. Yep. And um, Graffiti's done something a little different than what they have done in the past. Nor When they've uh, put in pieces of or pages that weren't from the original art, and normally it was quite small. I think they did a good job of uh, inserting the pages here. They're not quite as, I mean, you, you can tell right away they're not the original art, but I think they're well presented. All the scans are great. Uh, the book is really presented well. Uh, as because of the graffiti designs uh, gallery edition, there are overlays. I don't know how they uh, <laughs> keep picking stuff like this with the overlays, but uh, they're there, and uh, they as well are, are represented in the review. Uh, Keith had a lot of uh, color on his original art uh, throughout these, and uh, that shows as nicely as well. Um, like I said, a great package overall. If you're a fan of Keith, uh, I would recommend it. Uh, Keith does an introduction himself, uh, and this is her bio biography. So be sure to check that out. My other review for this month is the Nexus Chronicles. Now here's a book that came out uh, a while ago and uh, sat on my shelf and I just never got around to reviewing it. But uh, let me give you the blurb. The Nexus Chronicles focuses on Rude's role as artist and co-creator of this award-winning series. 
Three dedicated years have gone into assembling the original art for eight of the dude's favorite creations, including Nexus Wages of Sin 1 and Next Nexus 1, both of which are shown with their pencil and finished ink forms facing one another to highlight the process. Nexus 50 and the rarely seen eight-page All in Sundra are reproduced from their inked originals. Also features the previously unpublished Nexus 99 in pencil form and the fully painted Sundra story when she was young and more. Each issue has been meticulously scanned directly from the dude's personal archives. Every chapter opens with a spotlight on Steve Root's painted covers and supplemental drawings taken from his sketchbooks. These openings highlight concept drawings, preparatory thumbnails, and cover color compositions following an introduction by the artist. An expanded interview offers insight into his craft and photos by Greg Preston show Root working in his studio. Released in August 2016, it's 9 by 12, 304 pages, 49.99 US. Um, Flesk does a great job. Um, but, uh, as I asked, uh, John Fless on Facebook, they, he doesn't have any interest in going to the full size of the original art. He likes producing, presenting work this size and, uh, he's presented this, um, I think he's going with the title studio edition because there's a Gary Gianni, uh, that was kickstarted and now is being released, but, uh, we'll see, um. Book is presented so well. Either you've got full ink pages or you've got pencils and inks opposite each other. And uh, if he doesn't have the original page, then he presents the published page um, at a, at uh, in a large size. That, that, that really fits the material. Uh, the intros to the chapters are great. Uh, I really, really liked everything about this book. The interview with Rude at the back and the photos of him in his studio. Uh, including one photo of uh, Jack Kirby, uh, New Gods uh, Artist Edition, uh, is is nice to see. And it's a super presentation. If this could just be, oh, I would so love to see a Steve Rude full-size AE format book. Please, somebody produce this. I, I really love Steve Rude's art. Style is so timeless, and it's I got that. I mean, he, really, he's a, he can do Golden Age, Silver Age material so well. Just gorgeous. Um, it is definitely a, a book to own. I keep, uh, you know, I do these books uh, not completely, not full coverage. Um, but uh, when a book, you know, needs some attention, does the original art like this, we've covered it in the past and we'll continue to do so. Um, wanted to talk about the letter. I got one letter this month and uh, I've done this out of sequence. I apologize. So... John H. I, I've got to remember not to, you know, unless I ask somebody, I've got to do people's first name and initial last name. I, got, I, I can't I can't use people's full names. Asked a question. I have a few gallery deluxe editions. Do you keep the boxes they come in? I've been recycling them, but unclear if there's any need to keep. Silly, I know, but details matter, I guess. I said I keep all the boxes. In fact, I keep the books and the boxes in a bedroom closet as they don't really fit my bookshelves. I also think it reduces shelf wear and keeps them dust-free. For resale, having the box helps, but it's a personal preference. Most people keep the box on a shelf. Most people keep the books on a shelf out of the box. And he replied, thanks. Someone gave me grief that I didn't keep my boxes, so thought I'd ask the expert. Appreciated. Shelving is tough, but luckily I have some good built-ins. So that is an interesting topic, isn't it? I mean, I do. I love the uh, keeping the original boxes, and I'm, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm disappointed when a box ships those when a book ships without a box, mostly because I don't want to see them damaged, but I hope they keep well. Um, 
that's it for my letter. I did uh, raise an issue on the forum, and um, my uh, I've been I just wrapped up doing new photos for every review. So now every review has been migrated from Comic Book Daily to the AE Index. All the photos have been updated. I've been doing that, I think, two years. And as such, every book has been looked at again and photos taken. Now, the Joe Kubert Enemy Ace Artist Edition, uh, I put some photos up on the forum. There's some crackling, um, cracking on the uh, on the cover by the spine and the front and back cover. Uh, it looks like a glue issue, a printing issue. Scott Dunbar said he was looking into it. Um, I mean, it's an older book. It's been on my shelf for several years. It didn't look like that when I reviewed it. It didn't happen for, you know, months and months. Uh, people in the forum have chimed in. Some, most, I'd say, have the crackling or cracking on their copies. Um, some don't. Uh, all my artist editions are kept in their boxes, as I said, and on a shelf. Um, no other book has shown that kind of wear slash damage. So I'm thinking it's a printing issue with... Uh, how they printed the cover and glued it onto the, the boards. Uh, as that to progresses, I'll be sure to uh, discuss it uh, when we have some more answers to that. That's it for this month. Uh, thanks for joining me once again on the Artist Edition uh, Index podcast. Um, the Patreon is in its second month. I think it's going well. We, uh, as a bonus for Patreon um Patrons of the Artist Edition Index, Scott Dunbeer is doing a monthly Q&A. Uh, the Q portion was wrapped up about a week and a half ago, and all the questions were sent to Scott Dunbeer, and he is working on the answers. I'm going to try and get him the questions earlier next month so that I can get the response back. My goal is to get the questions in early in the month and then post the answers on the first of the next month. So if I get the answers back, it will. Uh, those questions will go. The answers to the questions will both go up on the site um, on March first. If not, a few days late, it will be a Patreon patron only exclusive. So if you're not a Patreon patron of the Artist Edition Index, you won't be able to click on it on the site and see it. This is a first time I'm doing this, and it's to thank the patrons um, and to basically. Well, to make the site some money. Uh, I appreciate uh, all the backers. I also appreciate all those who use the affiliate links on the site. Every link for the books I have are all affiliate links, and it all helps me purchase uh, the books and keep the site going. It's a big commitment, and uh, I love doing it, and uh, any assistance is greatly appreciated. Uh, That's it for this month. Again, you can find everything I talked about at aeindex.org. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Facebook slash Artist Edition Index and on Twitter at AE Index. Thanks, and you'll hear me again next month. <laughs>